Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. One problematic Florida radio host to another. That's how your boy Joe Fornball lives in these parts. Joe and Amber, ESPN <laughs> Radio, Progressive Insurance. You know how we do. Amber Wilson out for this evening. In comes Jonathan Zaslow. Hey, how are you, Joe? Good to be with you here tonight. I'm, I'm a big fan of this show. I'm a regular listener. And now I get to hang out with you and James Steele. Thanks for having me. Don't bullcrap me, all right? Don't, don't, That's not let's bull not crap. start that way. Let's no. not start with the whole, I'm not, you're not going to glad hat, what is it, glad hand me for two hours, okay? You come you in, I'm you gaslighting be gaslighting you? I'm gaslighting <laughs> you right now, Joe? Look at this face right here. Look at this face. This is a face of an honest man. This is an honest face right here. You have a beautifully round head, if I may say. It oh, thank is, you. It is a beautiful, I know round heads both of my sons were C-section section babies. They have yeah. bowling ball heads, so yeah. it's perfectly round. Yeah, I, I just I can recognize greatness in a round head. That is a round head, my friend. Nicely done. Yeah, that's that's the that's the big risk, right? When you start losing your hair, I started losing my hair probably like early thirties. You know, that's the big risk because when you finally decide to take the plunge, and look at you, you look like you got a nice a nice head of hair going for you right there. The mustache, I dig it, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the big thing, right? When you have to shave your head, like, all right, let's do it. This just ain't growing the way it used to. You, g- It's a gamble because do I have a nice-looking head? It's a big-time gamble, so I appreciate you saying that. I, don't be fooled. I grow the mustache in part to distract you from what's happening in the back. I'm getting hit in the back a hard, in oh. a hard way. I tried to ask my doctor the other day to help me out. He wrote some prescription. Apparently, he didn't write it well enough. I was denied by the insurance company. They're telling me I got to pay X amount to pull all this off. I got to dance through the whole legal system to try to keep this head Too of much. hair. I'm going to shave the mustache. I'm going to paste it on top. We're going to call it a day. All right. He's Jonathan Zaslow. I'm Joe Fornball. Joe and Amber, ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Nine, ladies and gentlemen, nine. That's the amount of days until the start of the NFL season. Thursday night, September 7th. The Kansas City Chiefs will play host to the Detroit Lions. And slowly but surely, we're making our way to actual professional football to be played on the field. Today, cutdown day. Rosters had to get to the final 53 men. We're going to have details on all the big moves that have taken place. But perhaps the biggest was what took place in Indianapolis, or perhaps what did not take place in Indianapolis. The Colts did not trade all-pro running back Jonathan Taylor. They were unable to find what they felt was a fair value offer for their running back. So with no trade materializing, this all according to Adam Schefter of ESPN, Taylor will remain on the physically unable to perform list, making him ineligible to play for at least the first four games of the season. There's a situation that could work out worse for all parties involved. I've yet to find it. Here's Adam Schefter earlier today on what could be next for Jonathan Taylor. 
This drama will continue to unfold later this season after he is eligible to come off the pup list. But no trade materialized today, despite the fact that the Colts did speak with the Miami Dolphins and other teams. And now Jonathan Taylor, who wants to be out of Indianapolis, will not play the first four games of the season. The next window to trade him will be for before the NFL's trade deadline on Halloween, October 31st. That's the next window to trade him. If the Colts can't get a trade worked out by then, the next window would be in the offseason when they would just put the franchise tag on him and hope to trade him then. Zaz, perhaps everyone's overreacting to this situation. Most Super Bowl runs are preceded by incredibly wild drama throughout the offseason, are they not? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 think, I, think this is, I think this was always a win-win situation for the Colts. Jonathan Taylor terrible situation for him like this it's not worst case scenario worst case scenario is they actually never trade him when the deadline comes at the end of August and then he's stuck you know and then they franchise like that's worst case scenario but for the Colts there was no risk in them putting him out there they could have either gotten the offer they were looking for and said okay you know what I already made it. I'm Jim Irsay. I already made it clear. I'm not going to give you the money that you want. So I will trade you to Team X that is making that offer. And if they didn't get an offer they didn't like, then we're just going to hold on to you. And you know what? We hope that this year that you're still willing to play for us because we could really use a little bit of help with our guy Anthony Richardson there. But I got to be honest with you, Joe. Look, Schefter knows what he's talking about there. But I really, I really believe if there was another team outside the Dolphins. I feel like we would know their name. I feel like someone else would be mentioned there with the Dolphins. And because they didn't have that other team to kind of pit the Dolphins and them against each other and drive up the price, the Colts decided, you know what, let's punt until the end of October and figure out a trade then. Yeah, this was always going to be a tough deal to get done for the Colts if they were looking for a big return on investment because the key to the running back position is drafting a good one, having that person on a rookie deal, playing them out four years if they're not a first-round pick, five years if they're a first-round pick. Then you use the franchise tag. You run the guy into the ground. He's somewhere around 26, 27 years old. Then you let him hit free agency, and you go out and you draft another guy, and you start the process all over again, right? Like, you don't pay him, so it's going to be difficult for to do essentially the exact opposite of that, which is try to trade the guy somewhere where you're going to get a team that gives up high assets and then goes and pays the guy after he's already got three years of wear on his legs. You're not exactly making a great financial decision there, although he is a great player. Those two things can coexist at the same time. Let me ask you this. Yeah. You talked about how bad of a situation it is for Taylor versus the Colts. As a rookie, second-round pick, his rookie deal is four years, $7.8 million. It's not like he's set for life with that, right? This isn't generational money we're talking about. Through the first three years of that deal, he's made about $6.3 million going into the final year. Do you think after, A, Taylor experienced a couple months of hearing how he's not going to get paid, and B, seeing how the open market just wasn't going to return enough for him to move and get a new team, that perhaps the Colts could go back to the table now, crack their knuckles and say, would you like to begin the process of talking about a long-term deal? Maybe Taylor has reset his sights in his bar. Maybe he'd be willing to agree to something. Both parties win-win. Totally. Especially, not only at that position running back, but Joe, especially in that 
league, okay? It's different from the NBA, Major League Baseball, National Hockey League even. Those are all guaranteed contracts. So with the NFL, you may not want to play. I don't want to throw shade at any teams, so I'm not going to mention any cities, so I'm not going to mention the cities. But even the lesser, uh, the, the lesser popular cities that you may not want to live in, you will sign and play football there because if they're offering you the most money, which you can do because while there is a salary cap in the NFL, there's not a max salary per player. So if that city, if that team is offering you the most money, you got to go there. So if somehow Jim Irsay has a change of heart or maybe Jonathan Taylor's agent told him, look, we negotiated with a bunch of teams out there with permission and the money that we thought we were going to get, it's not out there for you. So Let's have another – see, this is why it's a win-win for the Colts, right? So let's have another conversation with the Colts here. And if they're offering him the most money, I absolutely think he decides, you know what, let's reconsider this whole scenario. I'll worry about it down the road where I'm going to play, but I have to sign on the dotted line. I got to get that money. Caesars Palace here in Las Vegas says the Colts are 10-1 to to have the worst record in the NFL this year. That's behind only Arizona, Houston, and Tampa Bay, who have better odds to have the worst record. And now they find out rookie quarterback Anthony Richardson will play at least the first four games of the season without running back Jonathan Taylor, who is on the physically unable to perform list. He is Jonathan Zaslow. I'm Joe Fortinball. When was the last time the Buffalo Bills got some good news? Today wasn't it. It was nothing but bad news, which appears to be all they've gotten this offseason. We're going to talk about that next. Joe and Amber, ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Here we go. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the show. Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio with a twist. My name is Joe Fordenball. His name is Jonathan Zaslow. We have got you covered here for the next hour and 45 minutes or so. We move to the AFC East. The Buffalo Bills are still your favorites, but it feels a bit odd. 
It feels a bit odd to know that they're the second best odds. They have the second best odds to win the AFC this year. They're tied for the third best odds to win the Super Bowl. They're the favorites to win the East. And Zaz, it doesn't feel like anybody's picking them. It feels like nobody is picking this team to win the Super Bowl this year. We find out today more bad news for the Bills. Pass rusher Von Miller is going to begin the season on the physically unable to perform list, which means he will miss automatically the first four games of the season. This is a guy who played 11 games with the team last year. He racked up eight sacks. His presence or absence, I should say, should be felt. It, you're a guy that covers Miami, so you know the yeah. AFC East extremely well. How bad could he get for the Bills this season, man? It feels like no one's talking about him. Yeah, I think the Bills, look, I still think they're a playoff team. I do not think they're going to win the division. I think they're too talented to miss the playoffs entirely. But I think there's a lot of pressure on Josh Allen because I look at the start of this season and, yeah, you got the Von Miller news today. But for me, all, all eyes, like the biggest story is what's going on with Stephon Diggs? Yep. What's going on with the top wide receiver and the quarterback there? Because those guys, I'm not saying they need to be best friends, but they need to not be leaving training camp because they're getting into a fight with each other, and then the quarterback gets in front of the microphone and takes, I guess credits him, taking full blame of the scenario that he needs to be better. And that, that sounds like a very honest scenario from Josh Allen, but also kind of a serious situation when we're talking about a chemistry and a working relationship with those two. But here's the thing, Joe, that, that confuses me. So Josh Allen is obviously an elite quarterback. There are even people who may say that, like, He's right behind Patrick Mahomes. He's right up there as the best quarterback in the National Football League. But here's the thing that's weird for me. If that is the case, we could both agree the Kansas City Chiefs, their window to win Super Bowls, because they've already got a couple, their window to win Super Bowls is as long as Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback. So if Josh Allen is right up there or right behind Patrick Mahomes – why isn't the window for Buffalo to win the Super Bowl as long as Josh Allen is the quarterback? Like, why? how do we have this conversation? And I think it's a real conversation, Joe. But how do we have this conversation wondering if the Buffalo Bills are in trouble? Because if Allen is as good as everyone says he is, then they should be a Super Bowl contender as long as he's playing. I can't, I can't for the life of me figure this out because you've laid out excellent points. The, the, the Allen Diggs thing... What is your belief level that whatever the problem was between them is resolved? Oh, I, I think it gets resolved when you start winning. Not that okay, they're not so a you think right team, now but you still, go out there and win some games. Yeah. So there's still so whatever it is, you feel that there's still some animosity. They are yeah. not 100% past their problems. I don't think there's a reason to believe it until we see it. Yeah, okay. I, I, would, I would agree with that. I think that's very well said. You've got that. You've got the Von Miller news. You get the fact that we're talking football every day on this network. No one's picking this team to do anything. And yet, I see him as the second favorite to win the AFC. And I'm watching money come in on him for this Monday night game against the Jets. This game yeah. was down to a pick 'em. Rodgers and the Jets, Monday night football to open the season. It was a pick 'em. It's now Buffalo minus two and a half. Now, I think. That is more an indictment of the Jets' issues on offense that we've seen in the preseason, as well as the Jets' issues on the offensive line. But that doesn't mean Buffalo's got it all figured out because we've seen nothing but problems from them this offseason. The drama, now the Von Miller news. Chris Canty, he played a little NFL football in his day. He and Carlin were doing some business on ESPN Radio today. He had this to say about Von Miller's absence. Starting off the season without Von Miller, which is the guy that everybody circles 
and offensive game plan meetings the week ahead of the Bills matchup. Like, if you don't have him, then who are the pressure players on your defense? You got Matt Milano outside of him. There aren't a whole lot of guys that can wreck the game for opposing offenses that you can rely on. And so I think that's the interesting thing that we have to watch for. Can the Bills develop some of those guys across their defensive front with their four-man rush? If they can't, this is going to be a long season for Buffalo. We could be talking about a team that everybody is picking to win the division being on the outside looking into the playoffs. That's how big of an impact this can have just because the margin of error is so small. Carlin like clearly rubbing off on him. Carlin clearly rubbing off on him. Carlin's been on this. Bills are going to miss the playoffs take for a while now. That is That's clearly wild. rubbing off on Canty. Canty's going to take that to the mornings. It's going to get him in a ton of trouble. Well, I, I, I like that, all right? Coming here from a, a team that's in the AFC East. I don't know if you're aware, but the Buffalo Bills get no love in the Zazzle Mansion, okay? So I, I like hearing that, but I, I, that's wild to me. They're, they're st- it's still Josh Allen. At the, at the worst case, even if things don't go well, even if Stephon Diggs and the, and the quarterback are not getting along, Von Miller missing the first four games, this is still a wild card team to me like I don't I, unless Allen gets hurt of course but we could say that about every single yeah. team I, I don't know how it's going to be a long season for the Bills maybe not the season they wanted but a long season like to me Joe a long season's like you won four or five games that's a long season yeah a- anything that happens generally in like Houston or perhaps in Jacksonville, pre-Doug Peterson. Such maybe long we've seen seasons. Chicago. <laughs> yeah, like, long like, seasons. Those season. are long seasons. So Here long. are the first, first four games on the schedule for the Bills this year that Von Miller will miss because he's on the PUP list. At the Jets, as we mentioned earlier in week one, they will host the Raiders in week two. They will go to Washington to play the Commanders in week three. They will host the Dolphins in week four. So, I mean, you figure you beat the Raiders, you beat the Commanders – Jets is going to be interesting. Miami will certainly be interesting. Then Miller presumably comes back, and you've got home games against Jacksonville and the Giants before a road date to the Patriots, followed by Tampa Bay. So it's a lot of – there's going to be some good competitive football in there. There's a couple – I'm not going to call it layups. Tampa Bay probably It's not a murderer's row, though. Right. It's survivable. Like, that is survivable if they are clicking on offense, doing what they do best. This team was plus 169 in point differential last year, second best in the NFL behind the 49ers. They also lost three games in the regular season by a combined eight points. They they were, like, this close to the potential of 16-0, but, of course, there was the uh, Bengal game that they were losing early, and then that got canceled because of the DeMar Hamlin cardiac situation, which, good, good news, Hamlin's on the 53-man roster, so we are going to yeah. see him week one, which is kind of awesome when you think about it. Yeah, well, it, it, well look, it, you, the end of that roster churns every week. We know yeah. that, okay? You still got to get out there. You got to bust your butt to make sure you stay on the team. But that's that's obviously I'm, – I'm glad you brought that up. That That's a, a great story to mention there. The, the, the weird thing, though, is with Buffalo and – uh, it, you know, if, if I had any sympathy for him, the Buffalo Bills fans in this spot, <laughs> I would have sympathy for him in this, in this spot. Is The interesting thing is the Bills have been really good for the last couple of years. And the Patriots have been down for the last couple of years. And really only last year did we start to see what the Dolphins are capable of. And the Jets have been down for the last 10 years. So the Bills had this window when Tom Brady left. The Dolphins, we didn't quite know what they were yet. And the Jets are doing Jet stuff. And now the Bills got a few issues, it seems. And the Dolphins have Super Bowl hopes. And the Jets have Super Bowl hopes. It's bad timing. Quickly, how do you slot the four in the AFC East? 
Dolphins, Bills, oh, Jets, Patriots. Uh, you know what? I should have smelled that one coming from a mile away. Whoa. All right. Whoa. I'm going to take a deep breath, get myself organized. Here's a question. If you win an NBA championship, should you be considered a world champion? We're going to talk about that next. He's Jonathan Zaslow. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply to have you with us on this Tuesday. Thank you for spending some of your time with the show. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. His name is Jonathan Zaslow. My name is Joe Fortenball. It is time for a little sound on, sound off. They said it, but what did they really mean? What are you trying to say to us? Sound on, sound off with Joe and Amber. And to host this very fine segment, we turn the keys to the car over to producer extraordinaire James Steele. James, welcome yeah. to the show. How are you? I'm great. Hey, I, like, I like whenever you guys call me that. Um, so let's start here. Uh, <laughs> you like compliments, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's great. There's a take. That makes me, makes me feel good. <laughs> you uh, own that statement. <laughs> thank you. All right. Uh, so after Noah Lowes became the first man since Usain Bolt to compete complete a triple at Worlds with wins in the 100, 200, uh, and 4 by 100 meter races at the World Championships. He apparently had one thing on his mind, and it wasn't all the events he had just won. It was why an NBA title shouldn't be considered a World Championship. Here he is at the podium. The thing that hurts me the most is that I have to watch the NBA Finals, and they have World Champion on their head. World Champion of what? The United States? Don't get me wrong. I love the U.S. at times, but that ain't the world. That is not the world. We are the world. We have almost every country out here fighting, thriving, putting on their flag to show that they are represented. There ain't no flags in the NBA. <laughs> All right, Zaz, this made a lot of NBA uh, players angry. Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, among others, fired back at Lyles on Twitter. But what did you make of these comments? Oh, a lot of NBA players angry. Listen, I, I wish the NBA player was as passionate about playing regular season games as he is defending <laughs> their league and their sport against these comments. Let me tell you something. But the NBA players are totally right. I mean, it is the world. It, the NBA is not closed off and only allowing U.S.-born players in their league. Nikola Jokic, not American. Giannis Antetokounmpo, not American. They won three of the last four MVPs. And we all know the National Basketball Association is, without doubt, the best basketball league in the world. And when you're the best basketball league in the world, undisputed, and you win the championship, guess what that makes you? Guess what it makes you? World champions, Joe. <laughs> I, I, um, I, first off, if you listen to the commentary from Lyles, the first part, right before he gets into it, he says, what hurts me the worst, 
I would have to imagine he's embellishing a bit. This can't be the thing that hurts him worse than anything in the world is the fact that when the NBA wins a championship, they're called world champions. I, I, I heard this the first time, and I just kind of laughed and moved on. I did not realize this was going to make as many headlines as it did because I didn't really think it mattered all that much. What should matter for Lyles is the fact that that dude can fly. First guy since Usain Bolt to win the one and the two, and he's an American. Like, we... We are notoriously bad sprinters, especially in the 4 by 100 on the men's side when we just fumble the baton at every turn. But that's a rant for another day. So I can I, – I don't want to agree with the NBA side of the equation on this, but I have to because you're a world champion if you – and this is to Zaz's point – if you win the Premier League – if you are the best in the business in the UFC at your weight class, you are the world champion. If you are the best in the NFL, you are the world champion. Insert any sport here, right? You're the world champion. I don't think there are any American curling leagues where the winner of the curling league <laughs> is claiming to be the world champion, right? We only do that in the major pro sports that we dominate. So, yeah, I think the NBA guys are right. Lyles, he's making a name for himself. He's bringing attention to track, which is nice. All right, let's move on to the NFL. We all know that Russell Wilson had a terrible first season in Denver last year. Sad that the Broncos were so bad. What a shame. And the Broncos went out and hired Sean Payton to attempt to fix everything. But our Mike Tannenbaum has some doubts that Payton will be able to do that specifically with Russ. Russell Wilson will absolutely be benched this year. It's not a matter of if, but when. And here's why. Sean Payton is in year one. And Jeff Darlington, his job description is to win championships not to make sure that Russell Wilson is a good player. Sean will look at this as an opportunity and say, hey, I got Patrick Sertan, I got Jerry Judy, I got great young players. The best way to motivate them is to bench the quarterback, and that's what they're going to do. All right, so Mike T thinks Russ will be benched at some point this season. Joe, do you think it'll get that bad in Denver? Yeah, I think it could get that bad in Denver. I really do. And I've done a complete 180 on this because coming into the season, I was, I was higher on Denver. I thought win totals eight and a half, I'll bet the over. I think the ceiling for them is 11 wins. I like him in the playoffs. I thought, and my logic was, there's no way Sean Payton would take this job if Russell yeah. Wilson is truly this bad. Like, yeah. I thought Payton was probably watching something. He's supposed to be this brilliant football mind. I was of the impression that he's evaluated, and he thought, no, this team is not as bad as they look. Wilson's not as bad as he looked. I can fix this. That was my mindset. And then I watched Russ look all thick and slow in the preseason, and I thought, this ain't getting any better. This ain't getting any better at all. So my mindset now is I am, I am off that Bronco train. I don't think it's going to go very well, Zaz. And ultimately, I, I think the Russell Wilson thing is going to be ending a lot sooner than people realize. I think there's a lot of hubris involved here. I think Russell Wilson is going to have a really rough year. I think you're right about that. But I don't think it's going to lead to Sean Payton benching him this year. I think Sean Payton, look, Sean Payton's, he's, granted it's his first year, but he's also one of those coaches who he can do what he wants, at least for a while. So he's going to roll through with Russell Wilson. He's got a lot on the line there. He took that job instead of any other job he could have had this year, next year, the year after. And I got to believe the reason he took it was because he believes he will be able to fix Russell Wilson. And the hubris and the ego in a lot of these guys, especially with the Nathaniel Hackett stuff, he's got it. He needs to give himself 17 games, as much opportunity as possible, to make sure that he was right and Nathaniel Hackett was wrong. I don't think it's going to go well, but I don't think it leads to Wilson being benched this year. All right, the NFL draft is always full of what-ifs, some good, some bad. 
Just ask the 49ers who traded away Trey Lance to the Cowboys last week, which was kind of a curious move for the Cowboys, who had Dak Prescott, who is supposedly their franchise quarterback. When asked about what went into training for Lance, Jerry Jones defended the trade by saying the Cowboys have been in the market for a quarterback to develop behind Dak for a while now, and even considered drafting Jalen Hurts. If he had hung around long enough, uh, we might have done this on the Philadelphia quarterback back two years ago. I just told you two years ago we were looking at a Philadelphia quarterback, I'm not calling any names, but looking at him. Uh, had he fallen to us there, we would have drafted him. All right, so let's forget about the fact that the Cowboys literally picked Trayvon Diggs two spots ahead of the <laughs> Eagles taking Hurts. But how much better would the Cowboys be right now if they had Hurts as their quarterback instead of Dak? Zaz? Oh, I, I think I think they'd be better. I don't know if by a ton. I mean, I think Dak Prescott's good enough to win. But the funny part here is Jerry loves being in the news. There's no reason for him to say that they were thinking about taking the Eagles, their big rival, the Eagles quarterback, and have him develop behind their guy, Dak Prescott. The same reason you can make an explanation where there's really no reason for them to have traded Trey Lance for Trey Lance. Now, why does Jerry Jones do that? Why does he say that? Got to have everybody talking about him. Got to have everybody talking about the Cowboys. That's him, his M.O. right there. So, yeah, I think they'd be a little bit better if they had Jalen Hurts. But like you said, they could have had Jalen Hurts. I don't know how much truth there is to it, Joe. This is what I like to call a triple C take. Clown car commentary. That's what this is. Clown car commentary. Anybody can come out after the fact and be like, yeah, we, we were really high on Patrick Mahomes. We just decided that Mitchell Trubisky was the guy. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. And I, I wanted to play black and roulette, but I went with red. I had it. I knew what I was going to do there and then went ahead and ended up in the hole like I normally do when I play my beloved roulette. Hey, look, if you had him, pick him. And I'll tell you what, even if they had him, do we even know if Jalen Hurts would have seen the field by now? It's one thing to say, how would, the Eagle, how would the Cowboys perform if Jalen Hurts was the starter? You know, the starter we've seen from Philadelphia who built a system around him and surrounded him with great players. What, what would happen in Dallas? Would he have ever even gotten past Pat Prescott or would he just be sitting there? We have no idea if he would even be on the field. He would have had a chance, obviously, last year, the chance Cooper Rush got when yeah. Dak went down for five games. But I'm not going to sit here and just assume that, yeah, the Cowboys were – the Cowboys probably had like a fourth-round grade on him. And, you know, it was all right. If the kid from Alabama or, excuse me, the kid from Oklahoma is available, maybe we'll make the play. But it, you're right. He loves to be in the news. I think if I was an owner in the NFL, I would be just like Jerry Jones. I love the way the guy operates. But this clown car commentary, you weren't going to take Jalen Hurts. All right, Joe. Sorry to bring up bad memories for you. Not bad for me, but bad for you. about the Again Eagles with this. Why are we always talking about last year's the- Super Bowl? Chiefs in the Super Bowl, but anyway, Eagles linebacker Hassan Reddick joined the ESPN Radio Morning Show and was asked if then-Eagles defensive coordinator, now Cardinals head coach, Jonathan Gannon, made any adjustments at halftime, and here's what he said. Gannon, he knew what type of team he had. He had a a great D-line, he had great corners, he had smart, you know, linebackers. I felt like he just wanted to let us take over the game you know, rather than him trying to take over the game. And I can, I can understand that. I can respect that. When you have playmakers, when you have a defense like we had last year, right, you want your guys to go out there. You don't want to do too much. You don't want to, you don't want to get in the way necessarily. So that's just how I felt. I felt like he knew he had great playmakers, guys who can go out there and ball. I felt like he just wanted to keep it simple so guys could play to, you know, full speed, play up to their talent and their ability. 
Joe, I'll jump that- right in here. Feel free to get in the way, Gannon. Feel free to get right in the way. You got steamrolled in the second half of that game. 24 points scored by the Kansas City Chiefs in the second half of that game. 17 points in the fourth quarter as they put up points on all four possessions. Feel free at any point, Gannon, to get involved in what's happening there and maybe try something different because all I saw were Chiefs players running wide open wherever they wanted. Yeah, to me, that sounds like the defensive coordinator telling them, I have the right plan here. You just need to execute what I'm telling you. Like, if you do the things I'm telling you to do, I don't need to change what I want you to do. You need to just do what I'm telling you to do. You have the skills. Go out there and do Like, that's what it said. It sounds a little bit like passing the buck there if you're the defensive coordinator and you didn't make any changes. What I'm trying to do is correct You need to do it better. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah, it feels like at any point he could have brought everyone over and said, all right, guys, look, turns out big game here. It's a Super Bowl. It's the second half. Things were going great, and the Chiefs are just marching up and down the field at will, scoring on every single drive. Maybe we try something different just to slow this down a bit. And everyone was like, no, we're good. We're we're, we're good here. We're just going to see how this plays out. Glad it worked out well for James there. That was a hell of a game overall. Just didn't work out in my favor. And James never misses an opportunity. Sorry, to I'm that. sorry. It was good. He sound. said sorry. I don't know he said sorry for the sorry. good of the show. It's <laughs> it's for Joe and Amber. It's for the content. He, you got to put your feelings away. Is what James is telling. Kind of sorry. Like I'm sorry about some of it, not all of it. There's nobody out there who knows what's going on with the 49ers except potentially this one guy on Reddit who's got everyone all fired up. But I'm not sure <laughs> we're going to break that down. Although I I kind of want to just a little bit. But their former quarterback had something to say, and it raised some eyebrows. We're going to talk about that next. He's Jonathan Zaslow. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Amazing how many teams at the top of the NFL hierarchy entering the 2023 season have some sort of sizable problem on their plate. The Kansas City Chiefs are dealing with this Chris Jones situation. It doesn't look like he's going to show up. That could hurt the defense. The Buffalo Bills may still be reeling from drama between Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. They find out Von Miller won't be available for the first four games of the season. The Bengals and Joe Burrow, he's dealing with a calf injury. The San Francisco 49ers, this quarterback situation. They punt on Trey Lance last week, trading him to the Dallas Cowboys for a fourth-round pick. Excuse me. Alongside Jonathan Zaslow, I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. Jimmy Garoppolo, former Niner quarterback, now Raiders quarterback, was on SI Now with Robin Lundberg. He had this to say when he was asked about the Trey Lance situation. Weird situation. Been a lot of weird situations over there in San Francisco. Just to leave it at that. But, uh, you know, I'm happy Trey got another shot, man. How do you think San Francisco's handled those quarterback situations? How do you think they've handled them? <laughs> I think it's been messy. I'll, I'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah, that's a nice way to put it. Uh, first off, credit to Garoppolo. Very slippery there. You're not going to really nail him down on something. Very bad. leading questions. <laughs> yeah, but ultimately, it's not like he's sitting there saying, "Nah, nah." The organization they 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 handled things the right way. I was there for how many years? It, you know, straight shooters A, B, C, D. I'm just hoping for the best for Trey Lance. He's doing everything he can without outing the team to out the team and say, yeah, it's an interesting way they handle their business. Yeah, I think there are two different – I think those each answer are 
the answers of two different questions, though, or two different scenarios. You know, when he's talking about, you know, how do you how do you believe they've handled the situations over there? That's referring to himself, you know, where he knows what he's capable of. I took this team to a Super Bowl and they discarded me like I was nothing. They traded up all these draft picks to get a 19 year old, 20 year old kid, whatever he was. You know, I think that's what that answer is. But the other part about. You know, it's been a weird situation with Trey Lance there. Look, if anyone was going to give Trey Lance a thousand opportunities to prove them right, it was going to be that coaching staff. And that coaching staff decided after two seasons and a couple preseason games, you know what? We're pulling the plug. We're pulling the plug because we think that Brock Purdy gives us a better chance of winning. And so I I think those are two different things that he's responding to there. And obviously it was a terrible trade for Trey Lance. It turns out to be a big bust. But if if they thought that he could play, Joe, they wouldn't have bailed on him already. Like, they look so silly, and they're willing to look silly because they know they got it wrong. That's the thing. They, they Lance has to have been so bad. And so incompetent from an ability to process information for them to pull the plug this early. Because like you said, you're going to do whatever you can to try to justify the, the decision and make yourself look right. I do find it interesting that all the mouthpieces for the 49ers organization who have stood up for Trey Lance right until last week are now behind microphones telling yeah. the entire world, look, the, kid's, the kid wasn't any good. He was terrible on the practice squad. He was struggling here. He couldn't do this. He couldn't do that. Like, Where was all that information previously? Well, no, we're not going to say it out loud because, you know, we, we want to have the good relationship. But then all of a sudden the kid's gone and you want to still have the good relationship. So now you're going to throw him under the bus and you're going to make it a big deal to really back up the Niners and tell them that they made the right decision moving on for him. You know, compounding the issue for this team is that they are going to turn it over to Brock Purdy. He's not going to be some fun Mr. Irrelevant story this year. He is now franchise quarterback Brock Purdy, quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers, quarterback of the favorites, I think behind Philadelphia to win the NFC. So there's a lot of pressure there. And oh, by the way, reigning defensive player of the year, Nick Bosa, coming off what was it, like 18 sacks last season, he hasn't even shown up yet. He's not yeah. showing up. He wants a new contract. And the reports are those two sides are far apart. And I think part of what, what the reaction is from Garoppolo there on the second question is, I think he kind of believes that Shanahan suffered a little bit from that smartest guy in the room kind of stuff, where he, he, he's a brilliant offensive guy, and you know what I need? Even though we have a great roster here around the quarterback and a really good defense, you know what I need? I need a quarterback who is just as brilliant at offense as I am, when the reality of it is... No, I think you're probably going to work out pretty well with Brock Purdy because the rest of the team is really good. I think there's a little bit of smartest guy in the room stuff there with Shanahan, and you don't have to have a quarterback who can who's just this this unicorn. Like they, he wanted to trade for a unicorn, which is why they traded up for Trey Lance. And I, I think a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo was probably good enough. They got to the Super Bowl. They um, from the mo- I was in San Francisco covering the team from the moment you know Shanahan arrived. And the rumor that never left for years was that they wanted Kirk Cousins. 
They wanted Kirk Cousins. Shanahan was with them in Washington. They wanted Kirk Cousins. And it was like every time the potential existed that Cousins might be done in Minnesota or a potential trade, he loved him. And the thing is, it doesn't look like he's ever looking for, and that's what was so weird about the Lance pick, the biggest, freak, most freakish athlete, like an Anthony Richardson or a Cam Newton or a type of player who can just do it all. He just needed a guy who could run his system, a guy who was smart enough yeah. to run the system and then let the rest of it work out for itself. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I think he caught... I think he got a little bit too cute with them trying to make that trade. He didn't need to be cute. He just, he just needed to be good looking. He didn't need to be so cute. And instead, <laughs> now with Brock Purdy, they're good looking. And they got rid of cute, which is what Trey Lance was. Oh, man, it's going to be a fascinating situation in the Bay. A top 10 schedule in terms of ease, so they should be able to win plenty of games this season. The drama continues, and it continues in Indianapolis. We're going to get into that next, where the story continues to mushroom cloud. He's Jonathan Zaslow. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast.